This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. And we begin with your constituent questions for the mayor. You can send them in to this email address, askkathy with a K at albanyny.gov. First question, mayor, has to do with the old senior center at 25 Delaware Avenue across from the Price Chopper. The constituent writes, the uh, Price Chopper has been closed there for years. Who owns the property? Are there any plans for doing something with it? Right. Well, the, the Price Chopper actually was just remodeled. That's open, but across the street from it is the senior center that's closed, and it's owned by the Albany Community Development Agency, and we are looking to redevelop that. There had been a plan underway for the building next door, which was the is the Boys and Girls Club, that that building was going to be sold as well. The Boys and Girls Club have changed their, have changed their plans So we were waiting to see if we could amass that entire parcel and market it for redevelopment. But now that we um, know what the Boys and Girls Club's plans are for right now to stay in their building, we're in the process of looking to uh, market that building. We think that it is a property that would be very valuable. We know that the front part of that building is historic. Mm -hmm. There's an annex on the back that could be demolished, but the building itself is a, a beautiful property and part of any restoration that we would be looking for would maintain that. So there's hope for the old senior center across from the Price Chopper in Delaware Avenue. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. A number of people have been contacting the city treasurer's office and the mayor's office about their tax bills. One person wrote, I got a second notice of my tax bill, which was confusing to say the least. What happened with the property tax bills this year? Are they still due February 1st, although they went out later than normal this year? Yes, your tax bills are still due February 1st. All tax bills are due on that date. And and actually, under state law, even if you don't receive a tax bill, your taxes are still due. You can always find out the amount of property tax that you owe by contacting the treasurer's office and getting that information. The treasurer's office used new software this year. And uh, like actually a number of other municipalities, we had some challenges. The problem with the printing of the bills was determined to be um, something that was a problem with the software and the software vendor paid to resend out bills to everybody just so we made sure that everybody that we believe should get a copy of their bill did get a copy of their bill. I know that the treasurer has asked the Common Council to look into potentially waiving interest in late payments through February, and that is going to be determined by the council later in in, uh, and, in February. And, and don't uh, I, I gather from the news coverage, you also have to seek approval from the county for that. Yes, that's my understanding. So we will see. I would just encourage everybody to, if you own property in the city of Albany, make sure that you know that there will be taxes due on it and uh, get that payment in by February first. In the news this week. Mayor, you went to the state capitol. It is in Albany, of course. It's an event called Tin Cup Day, in which mayors, other municipal leaders make the case for state money for their uh, jurisdiction. And Albany is seeking an additional $12.5 million in state funds to balance the current city budget. And you now say, and this was new to me, that the city of Albany wants that extra money each year for the next five years? Yes, and, and that is what I said when I delivered my budget, um, and it is what I have said and been consistent about with respect to this ask. We are asking that the state amend Section 19A of the public lands law to provide for additional payments in lieu of taxes 
to the city of Albany for the large amount of state property that is located in the city. And we are asking for this as a bridge. And I have made that clear in all of my conversations with the state uh, and and with our common council that this is not a $12.5 million gap that is going to go away. Um, so we are looking for an ability to bridge ourselves to growing our tax base. We know and the state talks about property at the Harriman campus, the former convention center site. It is going to take time to develop that property. We all know that. And before we're able to get to that point where that's really generating tax revenue for the city, we anticipate that it will be about five years. Well, you've been making the case for this extra state money before, even on this program. But here you were with other mayors from other cities in the state. Uh, Why should Albany get this money, not necessarily at the expense of others, but why should you get this money? Well, for Albany, it's a question of equity. It's a question of parity. The remarkable thing about the city of Albany is that we have been able to balance a budget, albeit over the last many years by using our rainy day fund, but that we have been able to um, get through and balance our budget with the less state aid per capita than Schenectady, less state aid per capita than Troy. We are a city that has significant challenges with poverty, that has significant challenges with our, you know, all of the same things that are challenging other municipalities. And we are one of the lowest cost governments per capita as well. So, uh, you know, what I believe is that this is a case that was made by the administration before me. It's a case that we have been making. Um, One of the differences is that we have opened our books to the state. And I think that the case that we make for the $12.5 million is really undeniable. Did you get any sense that uh, you're on the way to getting this money? I think that there certainly is an understanding among representatives in state government that this is very real, that this is not a way of avoiding, you know, we've depleted our rainy day fund. We've really run out of options for this funding. And the time has come to at least put Albany on parity with Utica in the amount of per capita state aim that we receive. And if AIM is not a way of delivering it, and I understand that, you know, that is a whole nother challenge for the state of looking at AIM and parity in AIM, I think that the most effective way to deliver this to the city of Albany is through 19A because it is a payment to the capital city for the huge expense of the amount of property that is off the tax rolls because we are the capital of the state. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the key points in your presentation, I would say, that it's the state capital and you have a lot of experience because of that and, and less uh, property tax revenue. Right. I mean, a business in Albany pays $49 per thousand in taxes. If the state would pay us just 1% of the value of all of their property, again, we would be able to fill this gap. Also this week, uh, you delivered your state of the city message. The news coverage of your speech was uh, dominated by coverage of the demonstration that took place organized by the local chapter of Black Lives Matter. What's your reaction to the demonstration? You know, I completely respect people's rights to demonstrate and to have their voices heard. The main organizers uh, are an organization out of Troy called CAMI, um, which is an organization that is advocating against mass incarceration, which is something that I agree with and that uh, our police chief agrees with, that we are taking steps in the city of Albany to change the way that we approach policing and law enforcement because of the travesty of the mass incarceration of people of color as a result of the war on drugs, the war on crime, and an approach to law enforcement that has not taken into account drug addiction, homelessness, the 
issues of poverty, mental health issues. And so Albany really is in the forefront of changing the way that we police, of building trust with our community. And we are moving forward with what we are doing. The folks who were demonstrating are not satisfied with that. They're demanding that I fire our mm -hmm. police chief, a police chief that the community, even after the Dante Ivy tragedy occurred, wanted and advocated and really were supportive of making Brendan Cox the chief. Uh, they want me to disarm our police department, uh, take away all of their guns and tasers. That's not what we're hearing from the residents of the communities that we're protecting. Um, so, you know, we have a difference of opinion there. I certainly respect their right to express their views, but there has been a police investigation of the Dante Ivy incident. The U.S. Department of Justice has reviewed this incident. The district attorney's office conducted an investigation, and there's been a grand jury hearing. Um, and I think it's time for us to move forward. The way that we bring justice is by continuing the work that we're doing in Albany to ensure that we're building trust and creating a police department that truly responds to the needs of the community. Has the Dante Ivy case, and maybe more particularly the emergence of this specific group, Black Lives Matter, changed the course of race relations in Albany? The leaders of Black Lives Matter, just you know, watching television, are young, and they do seem to be very well organized in terms of doing uh, demonstrations and so forth. Is dealing with Black Lives Matter different from working with more traditional civil rights organizations? We work with anyone who wants to work with us. We can learn from, you know, the many and varied points of view um, and perspectives that exist in our community. So I think that to see young people become active and uh, rally around issues that are important today, um, we're seeing it across the country. And I think it's very important that not only do we pay attention to it, but that we listen and that we learn together. So again, we're focused on moving forward. We are um, implementing implicit bias training for every single police officer. We are also going to be offering that implicit bias training four times publicly to the community so that we can work together to understand, you know, implicit biases are biases that we're not even aware of. Um, we They operate sort of below our conscious level. And so you can be trained to understand what your implicit biases are and how they may impact decisions that you make so that um, you can uh, really operate at a different level. So those are the types of initiatives. Body cameras is another thing that we're moving forward with. And those are all things that Black Lives Matter has been advocating for. We want them to be at the table with us, helping to make decisions about how we're going to deploy those cameras, how we're going to deal with privacy issues around um, the deployment of those cameras. And we want their voices at the table. Uh, so again, Again, I remain willing to work with any group um, on these issues. The demands around firing the police chief and disarming the police department, mm -hmm. we're not there yet. First of all, I believe that we have a police chief who is doing an outstanding job and is committed to moving the department forward. And I also don't believe that the community at this point in time wants to see our police disarmed. So I'd like to give you an opportunity, but what else did you have to say that night? Well, you know, we had a lot of exciting things that happened in 2015 and that are continuing into 2016. I've talked about the development of our downtown. By the end of 2016, we're going to have 450 new units of market rate housing in our downtown. And so that's very exciting to see that tax base grow. We saw the, op the, the really the transformation of Wellington Row that has been long awaited. The opening of the new Renaissance Hotel. Construction started in 2015 on the new convention center that is slated to be completed this time in 2017. 
And we also saw a lot of transformation happen in our neighborhoods with parks, with reconstruction on Quail Street. I mean, we really have focused on how we can make improvements in our neighborhoods and continue to invest in our neighborhoods. And for me, one of the highlights of the year was the, the Medal of Honor ceremony and being mm-hmm. at the White House to see Henry Johnson finally receive the recognition and the um, the Medal of Honor that he deserved and really what that represents because not only did he demonstrate bravery on the battlefield during World War One, but he demonstrated tremendous bravery here on the home front when he spoke of the racism, the segregation, the way that uh, African-American soldiers were treated by the Army in World War One. He had to fight with a French regiment because the U.S. Army would not mm-hmm. allow blacks to fight for their country. And so he spoke about that and it cost him his Purple Heart, his Medal of Honor. He, he really died mm. somewhat unknown, but because of the hard work of a lot of people and residents in the city of Albany and Senator Schumer, he got the, the um, recognition that he was due. We held a um, essay writing contest for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in our public and charter schools in Albany, and we'll be judging those essays and providing um, you know a tour of the of City Hall um, and some time with me to the winners of that essay contest because I think it's important that the children of Albany know Henry Johnson's story and see it as a source of pride and a source of inspiration to them. Now, too many uh, days ago, you were at the White House, I believe, in Washington with other mayors from around the country, and you met with uh, President Obama. Obama on uh, race relations and infrastructure, among other topics. What were the highlights of the meeting with the president and the other mayors? You know, the president has really, this administration, this president has really embraced mayors and looked to us as people who have to get stuff done. We are the chief executives of the municipalities that we serve. So he really has, and his administration has really reached out to mayors for ideas, for um, looking for opportunities to implement changes, to implement whether it's investments in workforce development, you know, they see mayors and he sees mayors as being able to actually get things done. And so it's been wonderful to be a mayor under this president and to be able to spend some time with him and, you know, have a, a candid off the press conversation about his presidency. A lot of people, because it's the last time that we will meet with him as president in this forum as the U.S. Conference of Mayors, asked him a number of personal questions about his legacy and about his thoughts going forward. And he did answer questions about what we should tell our police chiefs and what we should be uh, looking for uh, with respect to, for example, his um, uh, My Brother's Keeper initiative of connecting young African-American youth to opportunity and to a future. And you also talked, I believe, with the president about infrastructure. I kind of curious what he sees as the federal role here. I mean, this was the topic on Talk of to the Town last week when we talked with the Albany Water Commissioner. Thankfully, he not had severe problems this winter, but certainly Troy has and Hoosick Falls has trouble with water quality. I mean, is the president, you think, hold out much hope that the federal government's going to kind of come charging in like the cavalry here? Well, you know, the federal government did, and I, you know, kudos to Congress and to the Senate, we did get a five-year transportation bill. That was critically important, and I think that the mayors were an important force and an important voice in getting that bill passed, and there are some pieces of that through the Department of Transportation where they're doing some pilot programs in different communities. Communities. So, you know, we have a transportation bill. The president did meet with the mayor of Flint, Michigan, which is having a horrific problem with water and with lead and with now health concerns for mm-hmm. that community. And so, you know, I think that this president 
fortunately was able to get an infrastructure bill passed. And I hope that we're able to use that momentum going forward to continue to get focus on our states and our nation's infrastructure. Uh, back to a local uh, issue that's caused some controversy. A group that represents uh, rental property owners says it won't sue to block Albany's new trash fee on small apartment buildings, uh, saying that most landlords will simply pass on the fee to their tenants. What's your reaction to that? Well, again, this is not an easy decision, but we have to move towards a model where we can cover the cost of some of the services that we're providing so that we can deliver a balanced budget. I certainly have heard from the landlords. I understand their concerns. This is a deductible expense for landlords, and we believe and we know that this fee is significantly lower than what they would have to pay to a commercial hauler if the city were in the position of not being able to afford to provide this service any longer. So we have a lot of work to do over the next six to 12 months. I want to get to a model where people are incentivized to put out less garbage, to recycle more. And we're looking at those models with our consultant right now in real time. And we have an aggressive timeline so that we have a plan that addresses some of the concerns that was raised by landlords. Like if we put out less garbage, we should be charged less money. I agree with that statement. Um, We just need to have the technology and a system in place that allows us to do that. There is a proposal uh, being made to rescind the trash fee uh, on the Common Council. Does that concern you? Well, at this point, we have passed a budget. That budget has assumptions in it with respect to revenue. So if that revenue were to be taken away, uh, the council would need to demonstrate where we are going to find uh, the $1.5 million that would be left as a gap um, if if we no longer have that revenue. You know, we had a similar issue with the red light cameras, and it had significantly delayed the revenue from those cameras. We responded to the council. We went much more slowly than we had anticipated going to address concerns of common council members. But at some point, we need to move forward, and we need to get this implemented and ensure that we can uh, have revenue coming in to pay for the services that we provide. Albany signed an agreement with a consultant, Millennium Strategies of Schenectady, to do a study of broadband needs of city residents and businesses. What's it hope this study will do? Well, it's more than just a study. It's really, we've done a lot of studying. It's really looking at where we have gaps in broadband service, where we have speed issues, um, where we're not providing the high speeds that a high-tech city needs to offer. And what we, our, our goal is to have a very compelling application. There is state funding available to invest in broadband, and we want to make sure that we are putting together a compelling case to access those funds to build out the infrastructure that we need to have high-speed internet for everyone at an affordable price uh, in the city of Albany. A 14-county regional immigration center is being based in Albany. I believe that was announced by the Albany County Executive. It's in Albany, but it will serve Albany and other communities. What will it do? Well, we already have, and you're talking about the the center that the county executive announced Mm -hmm. to provide legal services. That is a a county initiative. So, um, you know, certainly residents of the city would have access to that. And, you know, maybe we should ask the county executive to uh, join me on Talk of the Town because, you know, he and I are working on a number of initiatives together, but I think that it would be great to um, invite him to join me and to talk about some of the initiatives that he's undertaken. And although it seems kind of far away now, I gather planning is underway for the St. Patrick's Day Parade in March. Parade organizers looking for sponsors. That's right. You know, the parade is organized by an independent 501c3 parade 
parade committee. The city itself does not plan the parade. The parade organizers come to us and we work with them to make sure that we have police deployed and barricades in the right places. But the group is really looking to expand. They're working with the Irish American Heritage Museum, which is located down on Broadway, to explore having cultural events and family-friendly events that would be associated with Parade Day. So stay tuned, and I look forward to uh, announcing mm-hmm. with the Parade Committee what is going to be happening for the St. Patrick's Day Parade in 2016. And I just wanted to squeeze this in. I saw on your Facebook page, sorry to learn that the Sheehan family pet died recently, a Boston Terrier named Ozzy. You had him for a long time, especially for your son. This must be and your husband and you as well. But Yes, Ozzy was a great dog. He was uh, you know, very rambunctious for many years, and it's unfortunate he developed cancer and passed last week, uh, and we miss him. I still miss him. I woke up this morning, expected to hear his little pitter-patter, mm-hmm. and um, he wasn't there, but he was a great dog, and, and we'll miss him. Thank you, Mayor Sheehan. This has been Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Send in your questions. Ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. We're heard on Magic 590 AM and 100.5 590 on your radio. AlbanyMagic.com on your digital devices. And now, available in 100.5 FM. W-R-O-W.